My name is Ryan Miller and for the past 15 years I've helped hundreds of people to raise millions of dollars for their funds and for their startups. If you're serious about raising money, launching your business, or taking your life to the next level, this show will give you the answers so that you too can enjoy your pursuit of making billions. Let's get into it. Founders, have you ever been rejected by an investor? You ever been given the common, it's not you, it's us email? Well, in this week's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the reason that I walked away from a $200 million deal with Killer Turns. We're going to go deep into my personal experience and cover my perspectives. Raising capital, working with investors, and representing your personal brand are all critical steps required in your pursuit of making billions. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode of Making Billions. Today, we're going to cover the reasons why I walked away from a $200 million deal with killer terms. So the question is, why would I walk away from so much money? And what happened that made me realize no amount of money was worth it? All this and more begins right now. So a deal came across my desk a few months ago. It was a big, sexy land development deal that would bring the other portfolio companies in my fund in green energy to the forefront. It was offered terms that would put nearly $10 million in my pocket, plus a fat mansion and a king's ransom of equity on top of that. So on paper, this looked very attractive. But as I like to say, terms don't always make a bad deal good or a good deal bad. So while these terms were nice, it was the deal and more importantly, the person driving the deal that I had to deeply understand. So often in my company, we follow what the military calls an after action report or an AAR for short. This means that for every deal, regardless of whether we close or not, we always look back and review as a team on what we did right and what we could have done better. This is good. You don't have to be in the fund. You could do this in business. You can just do this in your life. Always have that look back analysis to assess how can I get better? How can I improve? What went right? What went wrong? And really just use that as a discipline to constantly level up and achieve the excellence you're after. So with that, I want to share with you the top seven reasons why I ended up walking away from a massive deal despite being offered amazing terms. So the first reason why was he was desperate. The timeline was closing in and wanted me to raise that kind of capital for him in something like two weeks. He wanted me to cut corners to, quote, get the deal done. What that did, though, is it showed me he was sloppy in his management approach and he was willing to cut corners before he was really willing to fix the real issues he was facing. Two, he tried to manage me. This meant he came across very condescending. I don't mind people helping me out. Of course, we love that. I'm busy. Everybody's busy. But to be condescending, that's where you go wrong. So working on your approach and dealing with your investors matters a whole lot. I believe this was just another function of his desperation and that forced him to kind of act a little aggressive in the way that he tried to get stuff done and get things out of us. We have a certain process and we move at lightning speed for VC, but we're not going to cut corners and risk our investors' capital for any reason. I would blow a deal before I ever burned one of my investors. Given that he was a little bit desperate, felt like, hey, you know what? He would use terms like, well, this is what's most important after I told him what's important to us. It just wasn't going well. So you see, for this guy, time was closing in. He had to force things to get it done. Again, this just showed that he was driven, but unfortunately, he also channels that drive by bulldozing and not playing well with others in the sandbox. 
So that didn't really set a great precedent with me and my partners. So for example, he would say something like, we, can't, we need to get this done by X date. That's great. You're communicating. We absolutely love that. And that is 100% fine and acceptable. However, when you cross the line with incessant follow-ups on your investors' work and their team, you're not doing anyone any favors, especially if there's a time crunch. So it was not his job to manage me, my partners, or my staff. It clogged up the process and only slowed all of us down. This just made for more anxiety to go through the roof while injecting it into my company. I did not want a decade of that being put on my people from him. And so this was another strike of why we were like, "Mm, I'm not feeling it. The third reason is, as I described my criteria for my team and what they needed to complete their due diligence, he just swept that under the rug and proceeded to tell me what should be important to me without understanding. Again, what that demonstrated is this person is not listening to what other partners receive. And in fact, when you do that, I would argue there's not any listening going on. Showing to your investors that you know how to listen, it does a couple of things. Number one is it shows that you respect their perspectives. And number two, it shows that you are great to work with. And so by not showing he was able to listen, it set the unfortunate precedent that he did not respect perspectives of his partners. And it showed us that he really wouldn't be great to work with. So my advice here is just remember to listen to your investors. They are just trying to understand. So validate their efforts and even ask follow-up questions. Be just as curious about this, their perspectives and this entire deal as they are. And you might find that you will come together. Number four. When I would ask about basic things in his business, like suppliers, go-to-market strategy, letters of intent um, from his alleged interested parties, or really any proof of any claim, he would say something like, yeah, 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 we'll get that figured out. When an investor is asking for this, really what they're doing is they're trying to de-risk it in their own mind. They're trying to say, okay, cool, you're the best and everything's set up and everybody wants your product before you've even launched anything. Okay. That may be true. I don't know, but I do need to understand what is your strategy to roll out? What are your demographics? These things weren't good. And it was all like, yeah, 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 whatever, man. We'll figure that out later. No, um, unfortunately, I think you need to have that figured out right now. If you're asking for money, your investors are just trying to de-risk it. And if it shows that you don't know your market, you don't have a go-to-market strategy, your suppliers aren't solidified or, or worse, that things are happening that you're claiming they are, but they're not, this can really be a knock against you. So to an investor, this ready, fire, aim approach just made the risk of the investment go up. And the cause of that risk started to emerge. And the risk was the founder. So not being prepared on basic business rollout is key. So don't tell the VC that we will figure it out. See, while your investors are there to support you, it's not their job to figure out the basics. It's yours. Show them that you know how to do your part in this relationship. Number five, I did a site visit. This is generally very positive from an investor when you get them to come out to your factory, your office, or whatever it might be. But this site visit was so poorly planned that I was actually awake for two days straight. Yeah. I gave them the dates that I was available to come and they planned it so tight that I had to fly straight for two days and be awake to do the site visit. Now, I was totally fine, but 
I saw this as another example of poor planning and low consideration for the people around you that might be partnering, not working for you, partnering. For the whole trip, then this this founder proceeded to tell me the sacrifices he made to come and meet with me. Again, poor self-awareness. Try not to tell the investors how much of an inconvenience it is for you to meet with them. It just doesn't set the right precedent. Trust me, there's a lot of stuff I'd rather be doing. I was very interested. We did a site visit. But, you know, if you tell me that it's a big sacrifice for you to come and meet with me, even though you needed $200 million, we're not off to the right foot. And then as we wrapped things up after, as, as I was closing in on my uh, 48 hours of a wake-a-thon, we decided to, to have some dinner and just recap everything after the site and, and things going forward. So at dinner, he was telling us about his awesome girlfriend. And this is a great thing to talk about over dinner with investors. Of course it is. We all have family. We're human beings. We're in relationships. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on. This is good. It's genuinely quite a positive thing to do. She sounded like an incredible woman, both inside and out. But there was just one problem. Ten minutes later, he was flirting with our stewardess. Yeah. See, again, this showed a lack of loyalty and integrity. Two very big things at my company. Number seven, at dinner, he also continued to tell uh, all of us how great he is at sales and negotiation. Well, I think at this point, you can arrive at the same conclusion that I was, which was, He wasn't. See, an inflated self-worth does very little to help you as a founder, and it just shows a lack of self-awareness. So would you do that deal? Even if you had the terms that say you and your investors would be very well taken care of, would you have done the same thing? Or maybe you would have done a few things differently. See, by demonstrating that you have the basics figured out, being an asset to your investors, and displaying loyalty, integrity, and self-awareness, are all critical factors that we need in our pursuit of making billions. What a show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to leave a comment and review on new ideas and guests you want me to bring on for future episodes. Plus, why don't you head over to YouTube and see extra takes while you get to know our guests even better. And make sure to come back for our next episode where we dive even deeper into the people, the process, and the perspectives of both investors and founders. Until then, my friends, stay hungry, focus on your goals, and keep grinding towards your dream of making billions.